All right, it is truly wonderful to see all of you here this morning. We've got Vacation Bible School this week, and would you look at that? Even the microphone is decorated. How about that? <laughs> Fancy. Love this Bible over here. I thought it was perhaps foam board or something. It actually looks like it is bound leather. How about that? It's in the details, right? It's in the details, because it's that important. We appreciate Todd Patterson, his family and crew, uh, for doing all of this, and I know a lot of people have had a tremendous hand in making uh, Vacation Bible School what it's about to be. And we'll hope you'll come and be a part of it uh, this week. Have you ever heard the phrase or said it yourself, everything happens for a reason? Somebody goes through a difficult time, something perhaps tragic happens, or maybe even a small thing happens, and they'll say this, everything happens for a reason. It's a popular phrase, to be sure, said by Christians and non-Christians alike. When something happens to us in life, we may wonder if there is a deeper reason behind it. Most of us have felt at times that something happened according to God's good and gracious plans. But does the idea that everything happens for a reason align with what the Bible teaches? I couldn't find... This is my preaching Bible, okay? I have a study Bible... I have a few others. This is my preaching Bible. It's got my colorful ribbons in it. Helps me mark my passages. Helps me find them quicker. Was it in God's plan that I not find it this morning and start to panic? It was in my truck console, by the way. I never put it there. I don't know why it was there. It was not in God's plan. I don't believe that I not find it. However, it was in His plan, perhaps, that I learned a little patience and learned to put it where it needs to be, rather than in my truck console. God is sovereign and in control of all things, to be sure. What God orchestrates, though, and allows is meaningful, it is significant, and it is purposeful. But we, through our limited knowledge, cannot and should not immediately look at an event and give God the credit. He may not want the credit, for some things that occur. But this thought, everything happens for a reason, is one of those little things that does come from actual truth but in, in Scripture, but rather it then evolves and develops into something and can be dangerous. The idea here most likely comes from Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Indeed. Indeed, this is Scripture. Indeed, this is true. But this verse in Romans conveys an entirely different message than the phrase, everything happens for a reason. The Bible teaches us that as believers, we can have peace and confidence in knowing that because we love God and are called according to His purpose, that we follow Him, that God will indeed work together things for our good. I'm reminded of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and how when they were about to be thrown into the fiery furnace, whenever their demise was, was at, at the brink, they told King Nebuchadnezzar, You can throw us in, king. 
And God will save us, or He won't. God will do one or the other. Where they were in were, were comp- was a compromising situation. To say the least, their life was, was about to be ended. And it was based on you know, Nebuchadnezzar's decisions and, and those men's decision about you know, following God and not, not bowing to the golden idol that he had set up. And they were okay with God, whatever he might choose to do. He'll save us or he won't, because things will work together for us. If we live, we will have one for the Lord. If we perish, we will go see Him in heaven. In a world where tragedies happen, we indeed face unexpected battles, and much is out of our control. What a comfort it is to know that God is working in our lives and will make good out of every situation if we but love and follow Him as Romans 8 and verse 28 says. But this morning, let's consider the phrase, everything happens for a reason, and what that might entail. This is a rather dangerous phrase in in one respect, because it is error. And all error should be addressed, we read this in Galatians 1 and verse 8, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. So if someone is saying something in Scripture, if they're saying it out of context, if they're saying it for their own purposes, then it's error. And it should indeed be addressed. The error that's actually taught with this phrase is predestination, or Calvinism it's also called. And this teaching, if you're unfamiliar with it, this teaching says that God has determined, that God has predestined our final place in eternity, and there's nothing we can do about it. Now, if you believe that, you can go on, beat everybody at the Mexican restaurant. Because there ain't nothing you can do about it. You can't can't change it. Why do we do all this? Why did Jesus die if I can't do anything about it? Why am I here? If I can't do anything about it, this indeed is error. Man cannot do anything about his salvation. Well, Revelation 2.10 tells us to be faithful. Matthew 11 and verse 28 says, Jesus says, come to me. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, Jesus, one of the accounts, gives the directive to the apostles, go into all the world and teach. We've got to be able to do something about our lives and our obedience. We can't save ourselves. To be sure, it's not us. But we choose every single day whether to be faithful. We choose every single day whether to follow God or be disobedient. And that accounts for something. So predestination and that sort of teaching falls outside of the realm of Scripture. And if you want to know more about this, there's a fantastic podcast called The Authentic Christian. It is put on by the Gospel Broadcasting Network. Our friend, good friend Jeff Archie works there and several others that you may know. It's a fantastic company, much like Apologetics Press, but most of their work is done digitally. But The Authentic Christian podcast, they have a three episode series addressing the error of predestination. My brother Aaron Gallagher and, and two others, uh, fantastic men that, that get into the meat of this topic and say, you know, we're, we're not predestined for anything. That we have a choice in our life, we can follow God or we cannot. And that's what this phrase kind of lends itself to. Everything happens for a reason. Well, God's got us planned out. No, He doesn't. 
He set us on our paths to choose whether or not we will follow Him. When something tragic happens, it's dangerous to say that it's part of God's plan, that He somehow made that event happen. Think of the story of Job. God allowed that to happen, but however, it was Satan that came to God, sat at his throne, sat in front of him at his throne, and said, you know, let's, let's see what your servant Job will do. Let's just see how faithful he is. God doesn't want the credit for that, but he does indeed want the credit for the fact that Job held to his faith. That Job held to his faith through the end of this in debt, through the end of this trial that he went through, and he endeavored to keep that faith and stay true to his heavenly Father. We are the pots, and our heavenly Father, He is the Creator, He is the potter. Romans chapter 9. There are some things in this world that are beyond our comprehension. You know, many times we want to know everything. Well, why, why is this happening? Why did this go on? Sometimes things happen because we make bad decisions. Sometimes things happen because there's evil in the world. Sometimes things happen because there's sin in the world. Sometimes things happen because Satan is trying to get you, he's trying to get your family. He's already got much of the world, so he's trying to do those things that bring about people to his side. That's why things happen a lot of times. And the question, though, is, where are you in the midst of all of that? The prophets informed the people in biblical times of what God was doing. That's kind of how things are different today. We don't have a, a prophet who comes and says, if you don't stop doing A, B is going to happen, much like Jeremiah did. We don't have those prophets today like they did. And that's what they would do. They could go and, and be a voice of God and say, God is going to do this. And at that point, you could point to that event and say, Jeremiah warned us. Jonah, Jonah told us about this, so we better we know the prophets, we know how, how wise and understanding they are, and actually changed the people of Nineveh because they knew it would happen. But the other prophets in Scripture said something would happen by the hand of God, and indeed it did numerous times. And they could point in that moment and say, this is exactly what the prophet promised God would say that He would do. But today... We cannot point to those things. We are not so wise that we can look and know what God exactly is doing within the moment. But quite often we do look back at our lives, hopefully, and see how God was using us, was using a friend, was using a family member, was answering prayers, and was leading us through the valley of death, was leading us through those dark valleys, we can easily, many times, look back and say, it was God's will that was working at that moment. It was God's providence that was creating events, that was creating moments at that time in the past, and He's helped me to be where I am today and how I am now. We can definitely look back at our lives and see God's handiwork we can look in the present and see God's wonderful creation, no doubt about it. But the question is, does God, does He indeed have a plan? Does He indeed have a plan? What we do know that God wants is that He wants to redeem us. He wants our sins to be gone away, washed away. 
He wants to restore us, those of us who are Christians, those of us who have committed to the gospel of Christ. He wants us to not stray from that, but when we do, when we do falter, whenever we do stray, God wants us to come back to Him. He wants to restore us. He doesn't want to kick us out and say, just do it on your own. He, he is reaching out for us to come back to Him. That, indeed, is part of God's plan. And He wants to cause a good outcome for those of us who love and who follow Him, as we mentioned earlier from Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. So we need to recognize that God does have a plan. We can't, we can't always map it out in the moment. But Job said in chapter 42 and verse 2, I know that you can do, you God can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. This is at the end of his trial, of Job's trial. And as he's going through that difficulty, he's thinking about, you know, about what's going on and about what's happening, and he's, he's having those struggles. But he knows at the end that God is there with him at that moment. You know, sometimes Satan's with you. Sometimes Satan's rattling your cages. Sometimes Satan's on the heart of those people that you depend on most. And then they go away from you. They leave you and they perhaps even leave God. Sometimes Satan's plan is there. Showing you a, the wrong way to go. Showing you a bad way to go. Showing you a detrimental way to go. But Job here acknowledges, you know what, if I'm going through those valleys, if I'm going through those shadows, I better be hanging on to my Heavenly Father. I better be hanging on to Him because He's the lifeline that will be there for me. Many of us have gone whitewater rafting in the past, and when you fall in the water, it's, it's pretty scary. No matter how strong of a person you are, you're not going to be able to swim against that current. So the guy that's in your boat, he picks up a, a bag about the size of a volleyball, tries to hit you in the head with it. So you can grab it. So you can grab it and hang on to it. And you grab the rope. You don't grab the bag because you're just going to keep on going down the river because the, the rope's coming out of the bag. You grab the rope, and they pull you in. And that's what God wants to do. That's part of His plan to save you, to restore you, to make things good happen to you so that you can be a good Christian, so that you can be a close Christian and an example to others. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9 says that the, man, says the mind of man plans his way. We all have plans, don't we? Many of us are, are planners. But you know what the rest of the verse says? The Lord directs His steps. Adele, how does that work? If we're not predestined, if, we're, if our, our plans are not already laid out, well, it works kind of like this. You see, you've got your plan, your plan to get up and have a cup of coffee this morning, come to church, come to VBS all week, go to work as well. You know, that's your plan, but God has His plan to redeem the world, to bring the world out of sin, to have them know His Son, for you to have... A, a job for you to earn a living on this planet, that He can bless you so that you can be a faithful Christian. Those are part of God's plan. But those two things, they often come together in Scripture. They come together whenever we know that it is God who we must follow. We know that it is God that we must be obedient to. God, though, is not forcing you to act in this way. God is not forcing you to do these things. He's not forcing you to lose your Bible this morning. He's not forcing you to have that cup of coffee. 
He's not forcing you to be here. For we all have free will. We have a choice. Because what predestination says, you don't have a choice. You're forced to do a certain thing and you, you, have, you have no free will, but indeed we do. For we can choose to do what we want to do. And thankfully, you've chosen to be here this morning. The person who is in charge of a business, many of you are, many of you are managers, business owners yourself, or, or head of a small group of people. But the person who's in charge of a business sets his or her employees to work. They'll tell them, all right, well, here, here's what you've got to do for the day. Here's the plan. And so they'll set them off to do that. And this person may leave. Or they may stay in their office. And, and what happens, happens. But at the end of the day, the workers will clean up. And the workers will do what they need to do, whatever that might be. And the boss is still that sovereign person. He is that sovereign ruler, so to speak. And God is sovereign. God is supreme. If He wants something to happen, He will indeed make it happen. Not up to me to question that. But let us not be so arrogant to think that we know exactly when it is God, because that's a dangerous place to get into sometimes. When Peter was on the boat and he saw Jesus walking out on the water and he, he wanted to go out there to Jesus, Peter chose that. Peter made that choice to step out onto the water and then to walk towards his Savior. And then he, he saw the waves and they started to get a little rough and then he fell in the water. He fell in the water. And it was at that moment that Peter could have blamed God. Everything happens for a reason, God. Why did you make this happen? God didn't make that happen. It was the lack of faith that Peter had. It was the lack of faith because he took his eyes off Jesus and he sunk immediately into the water. And it was at that moment that Peter could have blamed God, could have, could have kept his arms away and not, not uh, took the hand of Jesus, because that's where Jesus is at that moment. That's where God is. That's where He is. He's always there ready to reach out to you and pull you out of your difficulties. He is always there. I'll tell you that for certain. He is always there to help you through those difficult times. If you'll but reach out. Sometimes we're too prideful. Sometimes we're too angry. Sometimes we're too upset with God because many people think, oh, this is His plan. It's His plan that this has happened. We get upset over that. No. No, things happen because we live in a strange and messed up world. What we do know is that at the end of the day, at the end of a, of a trying time, God is there. He's with you throughout the entire moment to be sure but just like Jesus reached down and, and picked Peter up out of the water, He is always there when you're ready to reach out your hand as well. Whenever you want your plans, whenever you want your life to be guided by the Word of God and by His ultimate sacrifice, His Son, who because of, you will have a home in heaven someday, when you're ready to let those things encapsulate your life, whatever happens, happens. You're standing there looking at the at the fiery furnace. Jesus is looking at the cross. He is looking at those who want to stone or who want to whip Him. And Stephen looks at those who want to stone Him. And they say, what happens, happens. I know my Lord is going to be with me at the end of the day, at the end of my life. When I close my eyes in death and I open them back up, I won't see this horrible, awful world anymore. What I will see is my Heavenly Father. When you're living the life, that God is intending you to live. 
the plan of God primarily relates to what He does, not what we will do, but our actions indeed are included as we strive for that obedience that the New Testament teaches us. So the question is then, what is God's plan for you? He has a plan. He's not laid out every single step that you will take throughout your life. But He has a plan. Many hope that it is God's plan that He will bring them prosperity. God spoke against this with the rich farmer whenever, he, whenever Jesus told that parable. Whenever the rich farmer wanted to build more and, and, and bigger barns because he had so much already and he wanted that to grow. No, your soul is going to be required of you. And then of the, of the, of the rich young ruler who had many possessions. He was a, a faithful person. But Jesus goes to him and the, the rich young ruler asks him, Lord, what shall I do? I've, I've kept all these commandments. Lord, what must I do? And he says, sell all that you have. Well, he couldn't do that. He didn't want to follow that plan. It was too much for him to handle. Many hope that it is God's plan that He will heal them. And it's this physical world that we live in that's so difficult to go through and to understand sometimes. Many of us live with constant pain. Many of us live with physical or emotional pain. But at the end of the day, we'll all pass. We will all pass from this life someday. I know many of you have stood beside the beds of those who their end is imminent. And that is so difficult. Whether it's been a long time coming or unexpected, it's difficult to stand there in front of someone and, and pray, pray, pray that this person be healed and that they come back to you. That's what you want. That's what you want your plan to be. But, but God says that we have a life on this earth that's limited. And that is limited from time to time by our physical shortcomings, by accidents, by disease, whatever the case may be. For we all must pass from this life someday. We know that's also a part of God's plan. And whenever we want to adhere, whenever we want to follow God's plan, we know that at the end of our life, we'll be glad that we did. It'll be difficult between now and then, so difficult, as your faith is challenged, as you live in a world that, that doesn't want to hear about God, as you live in a world that, that is strained and, and stressed by sin, and you see it constantly, a, a constant bombardment, of sin and evil just comes at you all the time and it's exhausting. It's exhausting. And we want to leave this earth someday. For that is part of God's plan. But what you must do, you must submit your entire self to God. James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The devil's trying to get you as well. So you've got to submit to one or the other. A lot of times we like, we like riding that middle. We like riding that middle lane, but, but God says you can't do that. You've got to submit to God. And what does that entail? That entails giving your entire life to Him. Your, your habits, your, your, your daily life, your, your work. Giving all to Him so that He gets the glory for the life that you live. And we, what do we have to do? We have to resist the devil because he's got a plan too. 
He's got a plan to try to take over your life and bring you closer to Him. But we've got to draw near to God. And when we do that, He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Those of us with children, we are working plans for them quite often. We have plans for them. We want to see them go off and, and be successful. And we do all that we can. We hopefully you know, send them to good schools. We give them a, a good education. We give them all of what they need and, and some of what they want. And we hope that when they're ready to leave and go out on their own, that we've equipped them in the right way. But it's at that moment our plans kind of go out the window. At that moment. It's up to them to now follow the plan. God has given us a plan, but what do we have to do? We have to submit to Him. And we have to resist the devil. And we have to draw near to God. We have to do those things, and then God's plan will be evident in our lives through the good and through the bad. We must also be transformed by Him if we're to be a part of His plan. Paul told the Romans, do not be conformed to this world. It's easy sometimes to go along with what you see at school, students, with what we see on television, you know, because it's, it's fun and entertaining. And well, you're, you're forming yourself to that. You're being conformed to the world. You're, you're giving in to what it says that it wants you to do. And you're not submitting to God. See James chapter 4, 7 and 8. But here Paul is telling the Romans, do not be conformed to this world. And it's easy to do, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He wants you to be a different person. You've all have seen molds of some kind, and, and you can take clay and, and press it into that mold, and it'll, it'll form to that. Well, you're, you're conforming. You've got something, you've got a ball of clay, and it has a particular property. You push it into the form, and that form forms it. It's conforming, you see. But a transformer, like Optimus Prime, right? He's a truck, but then he transforms into this big, mighty robot. And that's what I want to be. I, I was one thing before Jesus. Perhaps you, I know you were as well. But then we transform into something else, to something better and something mightier because our mind is renewed. That's part of God's plan. He wants your mind to be renewed. He wants you to be different so that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect, that you might be a good example. Those Christians who are conformed to the world, those unfaithful Christians, those who are not transformed, they're not being a good example. If you go to somebody and you just act like the world, and they say, well, I thought you went to Bertel's Chapel. I, I, I thought you were a Christian, and, and you're not living the way you should, and you're not showing what God's plan is that you live a different life, that ultimately you better live a better life, better in the sense that it saves you a lot of pain by following God's plan, by forgiving yourself, by knowing that you are a forgiven person. And what do we want from that? We want to show what is good and what is acceptable and what is perfect in light of God's plan. And finally, to follow God's plan, you must become a Christian. Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, the people said, Brethren, what shall we do? Peter was preaching and the others were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and about what he did. And they said, what shall we do? This is God's plan. 
Peter and the others are, are seeing it happen. They've just watched as Jesus ascends into heaven after giving them the direction of the Great Commission. And here Peter and the others are, and they're talking about what all has transpired. And the people, pierced in their heart, want to know what they got to do. And Peter thinks, here it is. This is what Jesus was talking about. This is what He was talking about when He said He would establish His church. This is why He had to die. And I can just imagine Peter standing there and, and just in awe as he's seeing the power of God occur in that moment. God's plan finally coming to fruition. He's seeing it happen and he says to them, Repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. That's God's plan too. He's not making you do it. I hope today's message, I hope the fact that Jesus died for you is piercing you in the heart the way it did the people in Acts chapter 2. I hope it's reaching your heart and showing you that only Jesus can save you from this world for eternity, but also tomorrow. The difficulties many people face is because Satan's with them all the time. And they're following his plan. Whenever you follow God's plan, when you submit to Him, when you're transformed by Him, and when you, through all that, are a Christian now, whenever you do those things, you'll see a new life whenever you start following Him and His teachings. And it's a wonderful plan. But you've got to decide to follow it. You have to decide yourself to become a Christian, for that is His plan, is for you to be saved. The question is, will you follow that plan? Will you become a Christian? Will you submit to Him? Your life won't be easy, but you can experience forgiveness that this world does not offer. Stop following your fleshly desires. Stop following the flesh. And start following the plan that God has laid out for you, that by way of salvation, through Jesus Christ His Son. If you come forward this morning, we can baptize you and you can be added to the body of Christ. If you'd rather there not be a crowd here, you know, talk to me out there, we'll, we'll wait till everybody leaves. If you want to go do it in a river somewhere, that's okay too, I ain't scared. We'll go baptize you today. You can be added to the body of Christ. Or if you are a Christian and have strayed and you're falling out of God's plan for you to live a good, faithful life, let us pray for you in that respect as well. Won't you come now? as we stand and sing to encourage you.